All right, let me go into prayer before we start, y'all. Father, we just thank you this evening. Thank you, oh God, for your word tonight. We ask that you bless us through your word tonight. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you, Father, for what you're going to do, oh God. We ask that you have your way. Holy Spirit, we ask that you speak tonight. Oh God, help us, oh God, to hear what your spirit is saying to us. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody say amen. Amen. All right, now. I wanna uh I wanna encourage everybody tonight um to you know when we come on when we come on y'all try to have your Bibles you know and I, the reason I'm saying that is because you know sometimes you know not having our Bibles right not having our Bibles um it, it's good to have your Bible. That way you want you you know I'm not making nothing up or you know I'm not just saying stuff that you know I don't care who is doing the preaching or the teaching you're always supposed to have your sword with you, amen. All right, so with that being said, we're gonna go into the lesson, and um, Sister Wanda is gonna do the reading for me. Go to that uh, note app. Go to that note app. I already got the. All right, I already got the notes ready for her. We're going to be talking about understanding the discipline of God, right? Understanding the discipline of God. Now, I want to see some faces if you could. Now, if you can't, don't worry about it. But if you could, I want to see some faces, those who can and will. Because I, I like, you know, I like to know I'm actually talking to somebody, you know. Because, I mean, you can have that thing on. You could be doing whatever. You know what I'm saying? So... If you can and will, let me see your face. <laughs> but if you can't, you know what I'm saying? If you're driving or something like that, don't worry about it. All right, we're going to talk about understanding the discipline of God. All right? Understand the discipline of God. Now, we're going to be coming from Hebrews 12 and 5. Right? Hebrews 12 and 5. Hebrews 12 and 5. Uh, We're going to have Sister Wanda read that for us. Uh, Go ahead, Sister Wanda. You said Hebrews 1. 12 and 5. Mm-hmm. Hebrews 12 and 5 said, And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. Okay, now it says, we're going to break that down. I'm reading out of the uh, New King Version of the Bible. It says, and you have forgotten the exhortation or encouragement which speak to you as sons. So here's, here's what I want us to understand. We must remember in God's eyes, we are his children. See, we never outgrow God. All right? Even though we may be grown adults, grown in body, we can be in our 40s, in our 50s, 60s, 70s, or whatever. We never outgrow God. We still his children. So God always has the what? The capacity to do what? Correct us, right? God is always going to be correcting us and, and making us better. God is always going to be correcting us, right? Now, it says, my son. Or in other words, my children. We're coming from Hebrews 12 and 5, Keisha. 
Do not despise, in other words, make light of the chastening or the correction or the discipline of the Lord, right? Now, that word chasing means, it means to correct, right? It means to restrain. It means to rid of excess, to refine or purify. Now, so the discipline of God, number one, it corrects us. How many of y'all know we need correction? Remember, I don't care how grown we is, we're God's children. In his eye, we can be in our 60s or 70s. We're children to him. You know what I'm saying? It teaches us restraint, how to hold back from wrong behavior. See, that's what God, it's like when you have kids. You you discipline your kids. Why? To teach them, right? And number three, it purifies us or it refines our character. It makes us be strong Christians of strong character. See, God don't want us to be wishy-washy in our faith, right? He wants to be strong believers that's able to stand, amen, that's able to live the life. Why? So we can be example for other people. And then it says, nor be discouraged or lose heart when you are rebuked by him. See, sometimes God will rebuke us through his word. That word rebuke means to express disapproval because of one behavior, criticism. See, there's a such thing as positive criticism, and there's a such thing as negative criticism. All criticism ain't bad. Amen? So it, we mustn't give up when God corrects us. Let me tell you something. When we was coming up in the church and uh, the word used to come forth, a lot of times it didn't make us feel good. I'm going to tell you. Wanda can tell you. It didn't make us feel good all the time. Sometimes that word would come and that word would cut you like a knife. You know, it'll cut you. God will correct you. And when that happens, you know, what we got to do, we got to learn. First of all, we got to learn that God is correcting us out of love, right? Because he loves us. What parent don't correct their children? Amen? It says, verse 6, For whom the Lord loves, he chastens, or he disciplines, and scourges. That word scourge means to whip. <laughs> you know how we whip our children? Every son whom he receives. Now, that's talking about the women too, right? So God's discipline is a sign of what? His fatherly love, right? So when God is disciplining us, it says not to discover, get discouraged. And it also tells us it's a sign that God does what? Love us. How many of y'all know if God don't love, God love everybody, put it like that. But if we wasn't his, right? If God wasn't concerned about, he wouldn't correct us, right? And God corrects all of us, me included, right? Let's go to, we're going to come back to that, babe. Go to uh, Proverbs 13 and 24. Read that for me. Proverbs 13 and 24. He that spared his wife hated his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him. What? Be time. Be time. Read that in the New Living Translation. The New Translation reads, Those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children. Those who love their children care enough to discipline. Okay, I'm going to read that for us again. Those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children. If you don't correct your children, the Bible says you hate them. 
So you got these parents now. Then well, I'm not gonna whip my children. You don't love your children then. That's what the Bible said. I'm gonna tell you like this. You better correct them. If you don't correct your children, I'm telling you. Now I'm not saying abuse your children. There's a difference. But we have to correct our children when they get out of line. God tells us to do that. Right? Those who love their children care enough to discipline care enough to discipline them. And that's the same way it is with God. God cares enough about us to do what? Discipline us. Now read what that verse 7 says, B. Verse 7 says, If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what for what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? Okay. In other words, it says, If you endure chastening, okay. The word endure means to put up with something unpleasant. See, chastening or discipline is unpleasant. It don't feel good. How many of y'all know when our parents correct us, it don't feel good? But we still needed it. It don't feel good, right? See, and then it says, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? What son you know? Or what son I know, or what children we know, don't ever get no whippings. Ain't no child that good. Mm -hmm. on, and, and look, they're going if you have kids and you love your kids, at some point in their life, they're gonna get some type of chest mm -hmm. chastisement. Now you have some kids that are real good that you really don't have to chastise that much. Mm -hmm. Like Beatty. Beatty was the type of child where I ain't really had to correct her much. I, I, I gave her a few spanks on the hand. I, I probably, I could lift both hands up and wouldn't fill it up a few times. But even when I did correct her, she will go to run for two, three days and wouldn't come out. Just from a couple of spanks on the hand. She wasn't hard-headed, but that was those. Oh. Oh, I'm not saying no names. I didn't say no names. <laughs> I didn't say no names. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> I had to discipline and discipline on top of discipline. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's just to try to keep me lying, it still looked like it wasn't working. Yeah, but it, it worked because it kept them from going a little bit too far, believe it or not. Now, it says, but if you are without chasing on whom which all have become partakers, then you are illeg illegitimate and not sons. That means you're a bastard. If God don't discipline you, that means you're a bas bastard. So God's discipline is a sign of his what? Ownership. When God loves you, he's going to discipline you, right? Then it says, verse 9, read verse 9. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, mm -hmm. and we gave them reference Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and life? And live. And live. You got the new living on that? You see the new living on that? No, uh-uh. Okay, the new living says it like this. It says, since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, right? Well, I'm going to get it. Now, it says, since we have... Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, 
Shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits and live forever? And then it says, uh, verse 10, for our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years doing the best they knew how. See, our, our physical parents, they disciplined us doing the best they knew how. But how many of us know some of the stuff we caught was wrong? Some whippers we call, we didn't really deserve it. That's right. We ain't really deserve it. <laughs> yeah, some of it was a little heavy-handed. Mm-hmm. We ain't really deserve it. But guess what? We still honor them, yes, right? Mm-hmm. But God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his what? Holiness. Now, now watch this. It says, now, no discipline is in, enjoyable while it is happening. It's painful. That's what it says. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. See, we're being trained, right? I'm going to give us an example. Like when we was coming up in the church, wait, let me say this. God discipline doesn't, doesn't feel good, but it will produce godly character in our lives, causing us to grow and be strong in the faith. Now, Y'all see me teaching, right? Uh-oh. Look like my signal messing up. Come back. Come back. Y'all still can hear me? Yeah. All right? Now, here's the thing, y'all. It don't feel good. Amen? I need y'all to respond because it look like the internet acting up. It don't feel good. But guess what? It is going to benefit us. Just like it doesn't feel good when we used to get whipping from our parents. But it helped us to grow up with some discipline. You know how people say they don't have no home training. Oh, we, we have home training because our parents disciplined us. Right? So we know not to go too far. And that's the same way it is with God. You know, we was coming up in the church. I told my former pastor this. I said, man, y'all boot camped us. It was like we was in the army. You know what I'm saying? Revival, revival, revival. Shut in. Sunday night. Yep. Sunday morning. Wednesday. Uh, going out of town. Man, look. <laughs> we did it all. But you know what? When I think back, and sometimes when things happen, meanwhile, you know what me and Wiley said? Me and Wiley said, thank God for Bishop. We say that. Sometimes we say it wasn't a perfect church and some things that happened that we didn't like. But we said, thank God for Bishop, because we was in the church and we had people falling all around us. But you know who wasn't falling? We wasn't falling. Because we was trained. They had brothers falling all around me, ministers, I bet. Why I say I ain't never seen so many brothers fall all the days of their life. But you know who was standing? Me, by the grace of God, because I was trained. I was trained, and we was disciplined. We was chastised in the gospel. Mm -hmm. That's why you got to be able to take it, right? Now, let's go to 2 Timothy 4 and 1. So, it don't feel good, but that don't mean it ain't good. 2 Timothy? You don't see that? 4 and 1? You see it there? Yeah, go get it from 2 Timothy 4 and 1. You got the ESV, Keisha? Okay, uh, read the King James Version. Okay. I 
Okay, pause right there. He said, I charge thee. Now, this is of the apostle Paul talking to his son in the gospel, Timothy. He said, I'm charging you. In other words, he was giving him a command like a general would give a soldier, right? He says, in the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, I'm commanding you in front of the Lord and Jesus Christ, who is the judge, who is the judge, the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom. So that was letting Timothy know, look, this is serious. I'm giving you these orders in front of God himself. What verse 2 says? Okay, now, he says, I'm reading out of ESV. He says, preach the word. Okay, now, when he said preach the word, you notice he didn't say preach the gospel. Because the gospel is talking about the good news of Jesus Christ. The gospel is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right? The pastoral epistles is 2 Timothy, 1 Timothy, uh, Titus, uh, Corinthians. All that is instructions for the church. But the whole counsel of the whole word of God is the entire Bible, right? Now we preach the word, the whole book. You see what I'm saying? Now, he says, be ready in season and out of season. That means whether the time is favorable or not. In other words, always be ready to proclaim the word. Stay ready, Timothy. He tells Timothy what to preach. He says, preach the word. And then he tells him how to preach it. He said to do what? Reprove. That means to scold or correct, usually gently or with kindly intent. He tells Timothy, reprove. Sometimes as a minister, you got to reprove people. That means you got to gently correct them, right? Mm -hmm. So as a minister, I know how that is because I've been reproved and I have done some reproving. See, when God give me a word to speak, I want y'all to understand this. I'm never picking on nobody, right? But when God give me something to say, I just simply say it and let it fall where it may. Now, it may cut you. It may ruffle your feathers, so to speak, right? Mm -hmm. But that's love because what God is doing, God is getting you to, to examine yourself to where you can make corrections in your life, right? Mm -hmm. To help you become what? A better, stronger Christian. Amen? And that's for all of us. I always tell people the chef is the first one to eat the food. I got to eat it too. Right? Now, it then it says to do what? What's the next word? Rebuke. Now, that means to criticize sharply, reprimand. See, sometimes, you know, it's a gentle rebuke. And sometimes, you got to criticize people or, re or, or rebuke them sharply. It depends on what they're doing. You know, I'm going to give you an example. Uh, there was a brother, <laughs> he got out of line and Pastor Ronell had to rebuke him. <laughs> he kept following Pastor Ron, Pastor and Pastor rebuked him sharply. He couldn't take it. He left the church. You know what I'm saying? But sometimes you have to do that. Like if somebody out there sleeping around a minister he he got to be rebuked sharply now you know most of the time it's going to be a little gentle reproof you know don't do this don't do, but but it all depends on who it is and what they're doing sometimes 
you got to rebuke people sharply. And it's not really you rebuking them, it's God rebuking them. Most of the time, I don't even know what people be doing. I don't know what y'all, I'm not following no, nobody around no camera. I don't know, I'm just speaking the word. And, and the word have a way of finding you out. I remember when I was a young Christian and I did something I ain't had no business. And my pastor rebuked me. It was like somebody took a, a razor and cut me open. But the thing about it was, I wasn't bleeding. I was like, what was that? That was my first time really getting a sharp rebuke like that. And I was like, I felt I felt discouraged because I didn't mean, you know, I didn't mean, I thought what I was doing wasn't, you know, all that bad. But, you know, it, it was bad. And, and, and he rebuked me and, and it, it hurt. But it taught me something. When God said do something, do it. <laughs> when he said don't do something, don't do it. Amen. It's like when your parents tell you, don't do that. Don't do it. You know what I'm saying? Now, and then what it says to do what? What's the next word? Exhort. Exhort. That means to warn. And then it also means to encourage. See, sometimes the word is going to come and it's going to warn you and warn us. Right? It's going to warn us. And see, that's why sometimes I come on here and I talk about certain things. And, and I'm basically warning, be careful, don't do this. Because the enemy is trying to do what? Destroy us, right? That's what the enemy is trying to do. But then sometimes I may come on and I'm going to cover. See, the word should never always come one way. It should be different things at different times, right? So sometimes it, it warned. He told Timothy to warn people. Then he told Timothy to encourage people. He told Timothy to rebuke people. He told... Timothy to reprove people. Then he said, with complete patience and teaching. In other words, he's saying, listen, be patient. Right? Be patient with people and teaching. Teach the people. Right? So the minister must patiently teach what? God's word. He have to patiently teach it. Don't be in no rush. Don't be in no hurry. You know, don't just get people excited and leave them with no understanding. You know what I'm saying? And in verse 3 says, read that for me, verse 3, uh, Keisha. Okay. Okay, now I said, for the time will come when people will not endure sound teaching. In other words, they're not going to tolerate healthy teaching, right? Now, here's the question. Now, I want y'all to get this. I want everybody to listen, listen very carefully. It said, for the time will come when people will not endure sound teaching. Here's the question. What is it about healthy, that word health, sound means healthy. What is it about healthy teaching that makes enduring it necessary? What is it about? Why the Bible say they're not going to do a healthy teaching? Look like people will want healthy teaching, right? Mm -hmm. Well, because healthy teaching, it doesn't always make us feel good. Yep. It constantly challenges us to self-evaluate and change. And sound teaching or healthy teaching tells us what we need to hear and not just what we want to hear. You see? That's why you have to endure it. And it don't make, see, we had to endure the stuff that we was hearing. 
It looked like it was always come, you know, it was always, yeah, it was like we were being beat on almost, but it wasn't that. God was shaping us and molding our character. You get what I'm saying? Like a parent. Like a parent would do his child. They always tell him, don't do this, do that. You know, parents do that because they love you and they're training you, right? It says, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passion. So instead, they will live their, by their own desires. They'll scratch their itching ears by surrounding themselves with teachers who approve of their lifestyles and tell them what they want to hear. Now, y'all heard that? See, some people, they want to hear what they want to hear. Let me tell y'all something. Don't live by your feelings. Don't live by your feelings. Don't live by, because, gee, your feelings will lead you wrong sometimes. You know, I'm not saying just totally discount your feelings all the time, but don't live according to your feelings. Don't you know people that can't stand you can make you feel good? And people that love you can make you feel bad. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to show you right now. Let's go to Proverbs 27 and 6. Proverbs 27 and 6. Now read that for me. Deceitful. Okay, now it's it says faithful are the wounds of a friend. That means a friend, a friend, a lot of times gonna tell you stuff that don't make you feel good all the time. It says faithful are the wound. What's a wound? A wound is like when somebody cut you. They wounded me. It says faithful are the wounds of a friend. But the kisses of an enemy are deceit. See, an enemy will kiss you. They'll show you signs of affection, but they really don't mean you no good. They want you to feel. They want you to get in trouble. They want you to get in a mess. Right? Now, look what it says in the voice version. Wounds inflicted by the correction of a friend prove he is faithful. The abundant kisses of an enemy shows he lies. You got to watch people always saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. Right? You got to watch people who always trying to show you affect. You. Sometimes that stuff can be deceitful. That They're basically trying to hide what their true intention is. If you love me or you care about me, you don't have to constantly keep saying it all the time. Now, I'm not saying people tell us they love us, don't love us, but I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying? It's just something you show. It's not just something you say. Love is an action word, not just words. Amen? So that goes to show us that, listen, friends sometimes tell us things that don't make us feel good, but it's out of love. And see, when God corrects us, when God corrects us, it's for our own good. Amen? We have to understand God. And that's why I believe God allowed me to teach this lesson. So we can understand. Because if, if we don't understand that, you'll think, man, God, I don't like this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But actually, it's good for you. 
Think about it. I'm going to say this and we're about to close in my closing. Everything we eat that tastes good just about is bad for us. Apple pie. Let me go down the list. Vanilla ice cream. Fried chicken. Chocolate cake. Coconut cookies. Chocolate chip cookies. You name a pizza. Everything that tastes good for us is just about bad for a jambalaya. Hey man, dirty rice. All that starch. Now think about this. Everything we that don't taste good. Yeah, coffee, all that stuff ain't no good. Now listen to this. Everything that don't taste good just about is good for us. Think about it. Broccoli. Spinach. Greens, Brussels sprouts, asparagus. All this stuff we don't like is good for us. That just goes to show us that way God is showing us, and even in nature, that what you don't want sometimes is just what you need. Amen? So I'm going to end it right there, and uh, we're going to take a few questions or uh, a few comments on the lesson. Amen?